Thank you for listening to the Patrick Ely podcast. As always, this episode is for entertainment purposes only. It is not to be misconstrued as financial or medical advice. So as not to waste time, sponsors are in the show notes. And so are links to my NFTs, which support the podcast and animal shelters in Northern California. Here we go. I've always had good teeth. I never needed braces. I didn't have a cavity until I was 35. In my 20s, because I had had such good luck, there were a couple of years where I skipped getting checkups. But for the most part, I've always brushed and flossed and gone and gotten my teeth cleaned at the dentist annually. I switched insurances last year and there was a provider that was within walking distance of my house in network and the dentist I had been seeing wasn't uh, allowed under the new insurance policy. So last fall I made the appointment to go get my annual cleaning from this new dentist and because I used to be a healthcare provider, a doctor, you know, with the same procedures as a dentist doctor, as far as patient intake, so on and so forth. I'm always really punctual and really specific about making sure that I verify my benefits before I go in and understand what my copay will be and my deductible and all of that jazz. If I'm going to be paying cash, you know, I try to negotiate a cash discount or a time of service discount. And just make sure I know what I'm getting into. Because also from having a doctor's office myself, I know how expensive things can get quickly, especially when there's something wrong. Even though my teeth have been more or less perfect, right around the time that I'm going to go back for my annual checkup, I always get a little nervous. Like they might find something wrong. And not only will my, my teeth no longer be stress-free, but it'll, it'll tap big time into my savings. That was why I switched dentists, really. I didn't want to pay cash, and then if there was something wrong at my old dentist, have to pay cash for it. Whereas if I went to the dentist near my house on my insurance plan, it would basically be free and there wouldn't be any more cost to something being wrong as there would be to just the routine work. So last fall I go in and have my appointment and it was cool. I mean the whole thing was weird because of the COVID procedures. Or the doctor and I believe one assistant in there, maybe a front desk person, but I think the assistant was doubling as the front desk. One patient was in at a time. It was very punctual. And uh, I'm sure it was a lot of wasted money for the office since not as many rooms were being used and not as many patients could be getting seen. I don't know if it actually uh, broke down to being about equal as the doctors were more punctual with their time versus letting a waiting room kind of back up or if the waiting room being backed up was a reflection of being able to squeeze people in by shaving five, 10 minutes off of, you know, scheduled appointments here and there. But from my standpoint, it was cool. And I, uh, I didn't have a copay. My, my annual cleaning was covered and the doctor 
said that the next time that my insurance would schedule for me to come in was in six months. Just for another routine cleaning. At this visit, I'd gotten x-rays, and I think that that's an annual thing. I think that insurance will pay for it annually. I don't know that it's necessary to get radiated every single year to see how your mouth's doing, but you know, I'm not a, I'm not a dentist. So they know what those radiogra uh, radiography procedures are specifically. I'm sure it's cool, but it was just going to be for a cleaning. So six months go by, and I see on my weekly calendar that it's time for my dentist appointment, and I haven't heard from him. The pandemic's still going on, but things are getting back to normal. Everybody's getting vaccinated. And I wonder... Maybe they didn't make it. Maybe they closed. So I called over there. I left a message. Got a call back the next day. Indeed, we're still around. Indeed, you have an appointment this week, but no one's going to be here on the day that you have an appointment in two days. So the next time I can schedule you is in a month. And I said, okay, cool. I'm glad I called. So about three weeks go by, and I get a call. And the dentist's office is confirming my appointment. I ask if they need my insurance information, that it's the same as last year, but that I could give it to them if they needed an update. And they said, no, they had already checked the insurance. I was good to go. They'd see me in a week. Great. So I walk over to the office on the day of my appointment. It's pretty hot, so I leave a few minutes early so I can cool down so I don't come into the actual treatment room funky. I make sure I have my insurance information with me and my mask. I bring my mask. And I get there, and there's a sign on the door that says, Call or text this number. Did not enter. So I call and they say, oh, Come on in. Must be Patrick. And I came on in and it was my appointment next. And they were still doing the one appointment at a, at a time thing. They said it had actually worked out better for them. And this time there were four people by my count in the office. The front desk girl was, was cheerful made me feel welcome. Uh, I offered her my insurance card and she glanced at it and said, it's the same one. You're good to go. I said, okay, do you need anything for me to sign? I kept asking because in my office we had been required by essentially law, required uh, as a trickle down from Medicare to each year uh, get an authorization for treatment and like an, a confirmation of understanding of benefits and, and what weren't benefits from patients. And the reason it was a trickle down from Medicare is that Medicare kind of decides policy, including fee schedules, the amount of money that uh, insurance companies can pay or not pay for a procedure 
So a fee schedule forces an insurance company to make a minimum payment on, uh, for instance, an x-ray. And an insurance company can choose to pay more, but they can't choose to pay less. And those numbers are actually what the actual Medicare numbers are that older people with Medicare pay. So insurance companies can't reimburse lower than that. And subsequently, insurance companies tend to have to follow all of the same policies and procedures in order to have the right to collect numbers based off of this fee schedule. And that's the only way that you can basically legally uh, provide someone with insurance as if it follows the government's policies. So anyway, each year you'd have to get an updated authorization. A lot of times you ask for uh, just to, to take a glance at the insurance card because usually patients are issued new insurance cards each year, even if the number stays the same. They'll have a different expiration date, sometimes a different group number. Sometimes it'll say if dental's included or someone has to have, supplement, have supplemental dental insurance. I don't know, just a couple of details. But so anyway, it's different in their dentist's office, I, I guess, because she said, no, we're good. And uh, I waited about a half an hour. She was very talkative, called us kindred spirits at some point, um, talked to me about everything under the sun in terms of current events, didn't ask me anything about my insurance, uh, didn't mention anything dentistry-related after I had asked her if I was good to go and if I was going to have any copay today, which the answer was no. So somewhere near the end of this half an hour, I think their computers went down or something, some part of it, because then once I got in the dentist chair, it took a while for things to get up and running, and they kept saying, sorry for stuff being slow. And the dentist, who I think uh, is Indian, had a, I believe, a Vietnamese assistant. And he, he was trying to talk to her in broken English. But there was some confusion about me getting x-rays. And I just had x-rays six months ago. And I had never had them that frequently before I had had them annually max throughout my life. I had asked, I'd said, hey, you know, I had these x-rays the last time I was here. And also I was, I wanted to help them confirm because they had had the computer trouble and maybe they were missing records. I don't know. Just trying to play it safe, be aware of what's going on. I had said, I just had these x-rays six months ago is this going to be covered by my insurance and do I need them? Because I don't really want the extra radiation. I'm not anti-radiation. I just, if it's unnecessary, I don't see the point in doing it. She assured me everything was good. She took some x-rays. Then she did a short little cleaning thing and the dentist came in and they spoke to each other again in, in broken English. And that's not a criticism. I'm just pointing that out because throughout this, this story I'm telling, it's going to turn out that details were important 
and the issue with speaking to each other in this uh, median language where neither one is, is doing it correctly or clearly is you're certainly missing the details. You're getting the big picture, like clean as teeth, take this x-ray, but you're not getting the nuance, the details. So the dentist comes in and tells me goodbye. And I say bye, and I was like, this was kind of rad, except for the x-rays, because this took all of five minutes, and usually I get all uncomfortable with people up in my mouth scratching on me. And I get up to leave, and I start walking down the hall with the assistant, and then the assistant tugs on the dentist, and she says, he hasn't had his teeth cleaned yet. And the dentist comes back in, and he's like, oh, very sorry. So he comes down, they put me back in the chair, blah, 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 blah. He sits down, he cleans my teeth. It was still hella fast. Probably the fastest cleaning I'd ever had. Once again, no cavities. So thank you very much. Glad to be done with it. Glad to have a clean bill of health. I'll check with the front desk to see when to come back. I get up to the front desk. I say, am I good to go? She says, yes. She says, let me text you about the appointments. I'm having some trouble with my thing. So like the next day, I get texted and say, hey, do you want to do this appointment in six months is the next time that your insurance wants to do whatever. And I say, okay. And then a couple days later, I get a message that says, so your insurance doesn't cover visits unless they're once a year. And so you owe cash for this visit that you just had because it was six months after your last visit. Do you want to come in when your insurance covers it? I said, okay, I'll come in when my insurance covers it. And they said, do you want to cover the balance for your visit right now? And I said, let me get back to you on that. Let me check a couple things. And they said, okay. So then I just chilled on that. And it wasn't a lot of money. It was actually less than $100 because I think they discounted it a lot. But I was confused because all I had done throughout this entire process was ask that they check my insurance. And I have a major insurance, one that they deal with. I'm not the first person to have this insurance. That's my dog snoring in the background. They have a lot of patients with this insurance. It's very common. They know exactly what the policies are with the insurance. And I understand that they had been dealing with the pandemic. But I was also in an office that wasn't running in a very coordinated fashion, wasn't really communicating with themselves, wasn't punctual, wasn't answering their own phones on time, wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention to the patient. And so in an objective way, that office has a high probability of getting confused about who they're claiming that the insurance didn't cover and making a mistake in billing someone. It happens all the time. That was something I really tried to avoid in my office because people got upset when they were billed inappropriately, but mistakes happen. 
And a lot of offices don't even manage their own billing. They just send stuff to a third-party company in some other part of the country, and they go after it. And when you send that money that way, those bills that way, you want to send it properly so that you don't have this company going fraudulently after patients. You'll just lose the patients. They won't come back. They'll be upset that you're hitting them up for money that they don't owe you. And then the doctor in me gets annoyed. If this were my office, I couldn't have gotten away with that. I ran such an honest business that I didn't have the bloat to be mistreating people and to have employees I wasn't training well. I could see so many different scenarios how they had gotten confused, but the fact of the matter is I, as the patient, asked, is this procedure covered? And they had the ability with my insurance information to confirm that. You can do it in real time electronically. It's very simple. And they told me, yes, they didn't tell me we don't know. They didn't tell me we're choosing to not look that up. They told me we looked that up and this is what your information is. And then I allowed them to provide me with medical procedures, including x-rays. They radiated me under the pretense of that information being correct. So no matter how you sliced it, they hadn't done their due diligence and I didn't understand what they were charging me for. I understood that they were charging me for time spent in their office, but were the x-rays medically necessary every six months? Or wasn't the point of you doing that because you thought that the insurance company would pay you for it so you could make a little bit on the visit since shooting x-rays, which are all digital now, only you know, it costs a couple of bucks due to the surgeon power, but it's not like you're using film or anything like that, like back when I was doing it. It's just, it's a moneymaker. So are you now trying to charge me for something that you just didn't bother looking up correctly? Because you certainly aren't allowed to do that to patients. The reason you aren't allowed to do that to patients is because when you accept an insurance policy, when you're like a provider listed on an insurance company's list of providers on their website or in their EO, uh, EOBs, the explanations of benefits, when you accept the assignment to work with an insurance company, you make an agreement to uh, work in contract or under contract with their customers, which are people who have insurance. So like if you have Blue Cross Blue Shield, a Blue Cross Blue Shield provider is contracted to do very specific things with members of Blue Cross Blue Shield. One of those things is waive their prices for whatever Blue Cross Blue Shield's fee schedule is. So what that means is, remember I said that Medicare and the federal government determine uh, basically the ratio or range that uh, price can be within. It can't be lower than a certain number. So the way that all these insurance companies have their agreements with doctors written is if you work with us, if you become a preferred provider, then you are going to accept what our reimbursement schedule is unless your fee is less than what our reimbursement would be. So when I wanted to to be a, a, a chiropractor starting out in a small town in Florida, um, I wrote what my fees should be for adjustments and so on and so forth. And I wanted to make it such that people in my town could afford that. 
And then uh, people everywhere from coaches to seminars to mentors to other chiropractors told me, you can't have, you can't set your prices affordably. You've got to charge double that. And the reason is, is that it costs you double that to bill insurance and spend all that time dealing with that fiasco. And then also, they're actually only going to pay you, say, I thought $30 was a fair price for me to crack your neck. They, the insurance company will pay $45, but it costs $55 to actually make that bill. And you need to charge 60 because if you don't charge 60 then there are going to be other insurance companies where you could get more money and you'll be missing out on those. So you have to charge 60 to get paid the 45 and you have to accept the 45 because that's the only way you can get enough patients in your door to be able to upsell them things where you make the money as a difference on cash. So when a doctor accepts assignment of an insurance policy like from a patient and they become in a business deal with the insurance company who the patient is a customer of, they're accepting their reimbursement amounts and they're accepting to be reimbursed on only certain procedures that the insurance company chooses to cover. And they're not allowed to charge more than that because they have a negotiated agreement on these prices that are lower than what they would otherwise be. And the reason they're willing to, to take these lower amounts is because the potential patients that have an insurance. Blue Cross Blue Shield is very popular because so many people have it. They do good deals with so many businesses that much of corporate America, the employees have Blue Cross Blue Shield. So with my dentist office being a customer of my insurance company, they were supposed to look up exactly what was being rendered and tell me up front what was paid for and what wasn't and exactly what those amounts were because they, had a, they were contractually obligated to do so. And they didn't do that. And I suspect they didn't realize that I was really a, a doctor because I'm so far out of that world and I wear sweatpants and tank tops all over the place and I don't, I don't act uppity in any way so they would never suspect I guess all the stuff I really did know about but I knew you're supposed to do that you can get in trouble in court and stuff like that if you if an insurance company or a patient finds out you didn't do that and then you rendered services so I was happy to pay but I only wanted to pay for what was agreed by my insurance under my insurance policy that they were assigned to. And so I reached back out and I said, Hey, I want to go ahead and get this balance taken care of. But before I do, just wanted to let you know of kind of the saga of going back and forth with all of this. And I think you may have missed something and I want to make sure I pay the right amount. So here's what happened and here are the dates. And I wrote it all in a really nice way such that I could understand it if I was running an office, like if I was an office manager or the doctor. Basically all I said was, I came on this day, I asked for you to verify my benefits, you told me my you verified my benefits, and then 
you rendered services. And then I came on this day, I asked you to verify my benefits, you verified my benefits, and then you rendered services, and then you asked for money for services you told me were covered as my benefits. That's it. So I get this woman who calls me back within a minute of me sending this little message. And the message took at least three minutes to read. And I know that because I wrote it using Grammarly so that my punctuation was correct. And Grammarly says exactly how long it takes to read uh, to yourself and a separate number for how long it takes to read aloud a statement, whatever's written. So mathematically, she couldn't have read it. And she says, in broken English, you said you wanted to come back in six months. I said, I, I said I would like to come back whenever my insurance pays for it, but I just want to make sure that this balance that you're trying to collect from me is correct. And then somebody else on the phone started talking over her and started saying some, some something. And I said, please stop talking over me. I came in last April. I've been in now twice. You've, I know you have records of when my appointments were and when I contacted you. You'll see I have the same insurance. You told me to come back because this is when the insurance wanted me back. And now you're telling me that the insurance doesn't cover that. And I'd like to understand when I'm actually supposed to come back. Because as you can see, you're going back and forth and it's not clear. And whatever I said still wasn't clear. And she should have just read what I wrote because it was clear and well thought out and thought about it and verified it with a paper and a pencil because it was all math stuff. And then just verified my benefits and figured out what I owed. But instead, she immediately just shot back. We're only required to tell you what's best for your teeth. And I was about to respond, okay, that's weird. But I never asked you what was best for my teeth when I was in the office making the appointment I asked you when my insurance would pay for me to come back so you're not you're you're not supposed to purposely lie to me when I ask you a specific question about my insurance but I didn't get to say that full two sentences it's been like a common thing in my life recently I didn't get to say those two sentences. Instead, what she said was, I can't believe you would cause such problems to my staff over your teeth. I'm writing off this balance, and I think you should go somewhere else. And I said, okay, 
I was planning to go back to the dentist I had been at before anyway, just because I found him a little more personable and it was a little more comfortable. But it also kind of made me feel bad because she now thought that I was attacking her instead of asking her to correct my insurance. And to me, it's just another example of everything that's wrong with the healthcare system. It's the hundred millionth example. Because I don't know specifically what her problem was, but it probably wasn't that she was a stupid bitch, even though that's how she acted to me. Well, she acted like an ignorant bitch to me. But it was probably that uh, it's been hard to be able to afford to hire good help. So she, as an immigrant, has chronically found herself hiring people who will work for less, maybe as independent contractors, maybe partially for cash. And these people are immigrants as well. And instead of taking the time to properly train them, they speak through a language barrier and by any means necessary get the job done but don't have the ability to actually understand all the nuances of the office. There's a, a high possibility that she also, this dentist or whomever that was, doesn't understand insurance and is so overwhelmed by that whole situation and, and was only trained in, in dentistry, to be competent in dentistry, wasn't trained in you know, United States insurance policies and how to be a preferred provider Potentially, she hired a consultant to help get uh, on the provider list and then pays a third party and didn't understand at all that there had been a clerical error with her patient's insurance policy. It could have been that she's just so sick of dealing with her employees making mistakes that at some point she stopped being able to address individually all of the different insurance problems that they kept having. And is just overwhelmed by it. And because my balance wasn't that big, she was just like, fuck it, we just won't deal with him as a patient because we're so busy dealing with the fact that I've overcharged other people $6,000. We're trying to collect from them because we actually need them as patients. But it's all really ironic because it was such a poorly run business that in my nice neighborhood, it shouldn't be a business. And if dentistry was a cash-based business, no one would come to see this person because they couldn't even communicate clearly. Literally and figuratively. And the moment they kept screwing people on their bills, they'd stop coming to them. And word would get around town not to go to these people who keep screwing people and then getting upset at them. But instead, I can't go to the dentist that I want because I'm discouraged by my insurance provider. And in the dentist that I want, as well as this dentist, trying to make money, they become slaves to getting on these provider lists, which causes them to jack up their prices, which makes it unaffordable for me to just pay cash for the dentist that I want. So I find myself going to this person on my plan. Seems like a good idea. How bad can they be? They're just fixing my teeth, which don't have any problems.
that's the other thing. Like I didn't, they didn't fix anything. They weren't actually doing anything. They just never took the time to figure out what a routine checkup was in my policy. Or maybe that's just what they do with everybody. And most people just pay the bill because they get confused because dental policies don't have clear explanations of benefits. Dental policies don't have clear explanations of benefits, one, because they understand patients won't understand it, and two, because these insurance companies are in contracts with the providers for the providers to explain all of that stuff. But if a provider paid a consultant just to get on the list, and they don't even, you know, the, the, pack, the information packet comes in English and Spanish, and they don't speak any of those languages fluently, a lot of it just gets lost in translation. Instead of people just being able to provide dentistry to their own neighborhood in a place where people understand them. It's all very complicated and confusing and it's stupid. It's redundant. It's unnecessary. This person has a bad attitude and, you know, I, I don't really blame them. Their life probably sucks on a lot of levels. I hope that they enjoy the Mercedes that they're driving because, you know, otherwise, like, they probably don't have a whole lot of fun going on being in a dentist's office in artificial light for 12 or 14 hours a day with incompetent employees. Because it's not, it wasn't the dentist's fault, like at the, at the moment of these mistakes happening, it was the girl who was just preoccupied with talking to me about music instead of actually doing her job of looking up my benefits. Because somebody who told me that they looked up their benefit, that they looked up my benefits didn't. Because everybody gave me the wrong answer. And it was really simple when I finally looked it up. Of course, most regular patients don't know how to look up their benefits in any sort of dynamic, detailed way because they're not doctors. And it's purposely complicated. Like, news alert, a lot of doctors don't understand their own insurance or the insurance plans that they're involved in. All it does is drive up, drive up costs. I'd be much more encouraged by a healthcare system where emergency healthcare was universal like the emergency room, the things that are really going to just, you know, be something that you can't afford are going to eat up your life savings. And then the elective health care. Just be cash-based. And yeah, people could privately buy supplemental insurance, but that wouldn't be the way it was supported. It would just be a free market. And then you'd have more like memberships, right? Like if somebody wants to, they know they want to get Botox every year for whatever they just they just pay a membership just like you're paying a membership for your insurance but that membership price would work itself out due to the free market aspect of of botox how much it's actually worth on the free market rather than some sort of subsidized price that's manipulated through an insurance company i would have liked to have given this doctor money i just wanted to feel like i was paying for something i was supposed to pay for I didn't want to feel ripped off. And instead of taking the time to figure out what was going on, she just chose to go to the default that someone was trying to rip her off. And when you're in bed with insurance companies, I get it, because they are trying to rip you off. It's a sad state of affairs that it's really trickled down to patients. The doctor-patient relationship used to be pretty sacred, and now it seems pretty combative. And... uh 
Yeah, that's that. Just another example of why our healthcare system is failing. 